All right, B-listers, you know the drill. This is your official spoiler alert for the episode. If you don't want any spoilers, stop the episode now. And if you don't care about spoilers, hold on to your seats because this episode starts now. Hi, Court. And hello, fellow B Critics. Welcome to another episode of the B Critics Podcast. This movie is something different. Um, it's still like in the comedy realm, but also has some scary to it, which is super fun. It's got a great cast. There's lots of colors, which we love. So, And it's one yeah. of our spooky season movies. So mm-hmm. definitely pay attention. But before we really get into it, let's tell the people where to find us. Right. So you can follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and we're also on threads, but you can follow us at B Critics Podcast. Um, Be sure to hit the subscribe button on YouTube and follow our Instagram for all the best movie content. Okay. I think it's time to get into the episode. Our guest critics for this episode are Jake and Dustin. They're the hosts of the Movie Boners Podcast. Hi, guys. Welcome to the B Critics. Hello. Thank you for having us. Hi, welcome. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. Great to be here. <laughs> All right. So just real quick, why don't y'all tell the people who you are, how you're associated with the movie industry, and then tell us a little bit about the Movie Boners. Uh, we're the Movie Boners podcast. Boners with a Z, so it's <laughs> not weird. That's <laughs> and that's important. As the name in... As the name implies, it's all about how excited we are about movies. I guess our connection to the industry is that we give them a lot of our money when we watch their movies. That's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> and the, the podcast is basically just about that, being average Joes who enjoy movies and trying to bring positivity back to a space that's gotten very critical, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, would agree. So we talk about all the stuff we love. That's so funny Mm -hmm. because somebody was literally asking me yesterday, like, how much money do you think you spend renting movies on Amazon? I was like, probably way too much. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a physical copy guy still, so I just buy the movies. Oh, Uh, Lots of money. That's fun. Actually, that's kind of the way to go because if you think about it, like when you buy movies, even if you buy them like on a service like Amazon, like, what happens if you lose your Amazon account or Amazon goes under? Like, you don't mm-hmm. own that movie anymore. so. Or they'll stop, they'll not renew the license for that movie. Mm-hmm. And even though you own it, they'll just remove it from your account. And yeah. it doesn't really, you never really own it. That's so annoying. Yeah. Yeah. But then the problem becomes, like, how do you even play your physical movies? Because I have a PlayStation. So, like, that's a you thing. You can play them on your PlayStation. But what if my PlayStation dies? Like, I'm probably not going to buy a new one. I have a Blu-ray player. A DVD I just use that. Can you really? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. You can get them wicked okay. cheap. Okay. They're stupid cheap. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, how long is that going to last? So, like, do you think they're going to stay around? Or are they... No, you have to buy like a bunch of different ones and store them in your closet in case they die. <laughs> Just in so case the apocalypse comes. It's part of the apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. you've got your canned goods yeah. and then you have your Blu-ray player. So <laughs> A little solar power to power your TV there and you're you go. good to go. Bam! Yeah. 
<laughs> or they'll just become like record players and they'll become like more and more expensive as time goes on. Yeah. Could be a little vintage hip. They'll come back. <laughs> okay, well, if we haven't convinced y- y'all as in the audience enough to go buy a DVD <laughs> player, um, I think it's time to rein it in and tell the people what we're going to be talking about today. So do y'all mm-hmm. want to go ahead and introduce the movie? Yes. Sure. I did the pod, so Dustin, you do the movie. All right. So we're talking about, <laughs> it's kind of a hidden gem. Uh, I haven't met too many people that have actually come across it, but highly recommend you mm-hmm. should. It's The Final Girls. It's mm-hmm. kind of a fun play on that horror film trope of The Final Girl in a slasher film, particularly. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's a great little fun adventure i guess into slasher (laughs) yeah yeah it really is i'm so excited to talk about it very accessible i think yeah accessible to people that aren't huge horror fans yeah because it's it is very funny looking at you has a lot of heart in it too Uh, oh i loved it i had so (laughs) much fun with the call out (laughs) it's so true though i mean that's exactly who it's made for is people that like want to be feeling the spooky season but they want like a nice little pg-13 movie that doesn't have that much slasher in it (laughs) and it has comedy there were some jump scares okay like there were a couple moments where you're like whoa okay okay but yeah it's just enough (laughs) okay so now do we get to crack open our beers yeah yes okay so dustin and jake were nice enough to send us some beers (laughs) and because they do this on their podcast and that's on theme for the movie. So the beer is called mm-hmm. Cabin in the Woods Winter Ale. I brought the other one too. It's a Fest beer, German style lager, which nice. is like, it's Oktoberfest right now, so that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And yeah. lots of fun colors. The only difference is that this movie we're talking about summer camp, not winter cabin in the woods. But <laughs> well, this one says, it says, um, the luminous amber color of this lager announces a perfect beer for the transition from summer into fall. Okay. That's okay. where we're at. It's also on theme. So that's the thing that we do is every episode we open a beer and try to get beers that are on theme. For I, that I was going to say we try. And we try. Cabin in the Woods try really hard. <laughs> uh, and Cabins in the Woods was particularly fun because I think this movie is very similar to the movie Cabin in the Woods, which is a comedy meta take on mm-hmm. horror movies mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot shared there so I thought yeah it i think it works perfectly i'm obsessed so okay let's crack <laughs> open i'm ready okay <laughs> amazing it's beat actually it. pretty good oh i forgot Ooh, my yeah, that's really beat critics koozie <laughs> i beat you to it oh, no. Man, I love just being able yeah, to hold on to my little beer here. Such good grip. Yeah. Nice and chilled. Just like, <laughs> perfect fit. It's almost like it's know, made so to go around cans. It's almost like I it. I could yeah. hold it all day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's start talking about the movie. Liz, would you like to give us the movie of the episode? Yes. In the wake of her movie star mother's death, Max is asked to attend a double feature of Camp Bloodbath, one of her mother's cult classics. During the showing, a freak accident occurs and Max and her friends somehow end up in the movie. 
They must use their knowledge of slasher tropes in the camp bloodbath storyline to survive and fight their way out. Or have they? Ooh. Bam, bam, like bam. <laughs> this is always ending these with a question. Gotta keep them. You know, some people watch our episodes before ever having watched the movies, which I think is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, maybe if I leave with a question, they'll be like, oh, maybe I should, you know, watch it first mm-hmm. so hopefully yeah, as if the recommendation wasn't enough <laughs> so this movie is okay so it's listed here hour 28 i just looked on wikipedia it says 91 minutes i'm pretty sure this movie is exactly 92 minutes long because that's how long yeah. they say that the movie within the movie is and so that's how long they make this mm-hmm. movie yeah. <laughs> yes it's and we've already established it's a horror comedy movie and it's pg-13 um which is kind of crazy, I feel, because the topic, the slasher movie, yeah. it's hard to do a commentary on that without nudity and well, violence. Well, especially yeah. commentary on comes with it. Friday the 13th in particular, whose yes. basis mm-hmm. is if you have sex in this film or if there's nudity, you're going to die. <laughs> Like, it's kind of the same thing in this movie. It's like it's, as soon as the yeah. girls take their tops off, then they die. Right. Right. It gives me right. mean girl vibes. <laughs> a, I guess it's a fun way to reach a PG- <laughs> the gym teacher. <laughs> a fun way to reach a PG thirteen yeah. rating is you get them to not take their tops off. And get right. Them to right. Not have sex. I mean, that, that does become kind of a mission rating. in the film of like, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. Shirt stay on. You stay away from him. Like, <laughs> keep your pants on. <laughs> well, yeah. so it's actually interesting because New Line Cinema originally had this film and they actually wanted to drop the like mother-daughter plot within it and have it be like more slasher. So they wanted it to go towards that like R rating direction. Mm-hmm. But Sony Pictures bought the rights under Stage 6 Films and wanted they were like okay with keeping it like in this PG-13 direction. It's a good call. The mother-daughter angle yeah. I think is the best part, mm-hmm, honestly. I agree. I, it's cute. <laughs> as much of a fan as I am of like 80s-style slasher films and, and Friday the 13th in particular, I kind of am very Just glad they violence. did not <laughs> go <laughs> go more of the slasher route. I think the mother-daughter storyline, it, it's the strength of the film. The comedy is really great, but mm-hmm. their storyline is fantastic. It makes it unique. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely. Jake, to your point, it makes it accessible. Like teenagers mm-hmm. can watch this yeah, film and enjoy true. it. And like, it's not too far in that like scary, violent realm. Yeah. Or someone like Liz. <laughs> yeah. So it, it came out in 2015 <laughs> and it was directed by Todd Strauss Scholson. And it has a really, really notable cast and we'll get into it a lot more in detail. But we've got Tasia Farminga, uh, Malin Ackerman, Nina Dobrave, Adam Devine, or Devine, Chloe Bridges, Elias Shawcott, and uh, many other people, too, who aren't mentioned. Mm-hmm. And then this film premiered at South by Southwest and then had like a limited theatrical run. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are we ready to get into it? I think so. Let's do yeah, it. let's do it. Okay. So let's start by talking about the writing. So we have a script by, um, he's listed as M.A. Fortin, 
and Joshua John Miller. And what I think is really interesting is that Joshua John Miller, um, so he was the one who like came up with the idea for the movie, like the premise of the movie. And he did it as a way of dealing with the death of his own dad, Jason Miller, who had starred as Father Karis Karis, Karis in The Exorcist in 1973. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that has a lot more meaning, personal meaning, I think. Yeah, for sure. Because I'm sure like he probably sees that movie everywhere. It's like a constant reminder for him. It's, yeah. it's, it's a huge almost defini- like the definition of iconic horror. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. But that I think that's awesome that he was able to use writing this film as a way of like processing and kind of dealing with grief and all that. I keep mm-hmm. Jake knows how mm-hmm. often I, I preach how important I feel movies are now like they can get anyone through anything just like music that just to me feels mm-hmm. like yeah validation see people I'm right mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> no totally agree like movies like how yeah. okay so people say that they like to listen to breakup songs because or like sad songs because it makes them emotional and mm-hmm. it gets them like out of that like down feeling that they're feeling and same thing with movies yeah. like i feel like the emotions in movies can like get you through something and so definitely applicable in this one and i love that it's a twist of comedy and this like really cool like grief story Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah perfect combination also love all the dialogue all the writing of the dialogue (laughs) in the movie was fantastic The cast was also encouraged to go off script throughout the movie. So there's a ton. Yeah, which I totally believe. Yes. It's mm-hmm. Adam I was going to say, when you've got Adam Devine, yes. really <laughs> funny dudes. I think it's Adam Devine. you got to let him go. Adam Is it Devine? I think it's Devine. Okay. Because it's it's pronounced the same way as Levine, like Adam Levine. And so people get them confused. Oh, okay. I looked it up on the internet before this and it told me Devine. So who well, knows? <laughs> Guess that's what you get for trusting the internet. <laughs> the first, the first response exactly. that came up on Google—that's hundred percent right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they were so good. I just like, mm-hmm. I love. I was like actually like laughing out loud so much throughout this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I still do. I've seen it a bunch, and I still laugh <laughs> all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we've got really, really cool like effects and cinematography too. So mm-hmm. I want to start by talking about the slasher effects because we mentioned like this is a PG-13 movie and it has slasher effects in it, which you would think would like bring it into that R-rated realm. But they didn't go that far with it, but we still got the slasher feeling in this movie. So it was like, to me, it was gory and believable but it was like just fake enough that somebody who doesn't love that like R-rated slasher could enjoy it. Yeah, it was more like yeah, fun versus like scary. Yeah, yeah I would much, agree. Very much. <laughs> You're like, oh yeah, my gosh, instead of being like, yikes, that was bad. <laughs> yeah, and always treated fairly comedically. So even if, if somebody is dying, you're not distraught about it or they like show back up you're like that guy's definitely dead and they're like no 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 i'm not dead and then they get hit by a car <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> 
<laughs> that one sequence where like i'm trying to remember like um duncan is that his name yeah, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. i was yeah, like oh Thomas he's for sure gonna die and he like doesn't die and you're like wait what's gonna happen and then like finally he does and you're like oh my god <laughs> <laughs> but then they're all alive at the end so yeah <laughs> I mean, they've been through like getting getting the body like sliced in half and like all this the crazy sequel stuff. is it's so like, much okay, cooler than the that. first one <laughs> love it um and then cinematography there's actually a lot to talk about with this movie surprisingly Mm -hmm. for it just being like a comedy slasher movie um i think it was really well made and well thought out for being like a pretty low budget film i think this movie only had like a four and a half million dollar budget but we've got ellie smokelin who's the cinematographer and she shot it with a 5K full frame and they used a lot of like sky replacements throughout the movie. I don't know if y'all noticed that. Yeah, I feel like I heard that every sh- sh- scene <laughs> the sky was replaced. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You could tell, but it looked cool. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty. It, it was so it has pretty good, and colorful. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was like extra moody and in, in especially at the end but mm-hmm. even at the beginning when her mom's going to that interview it's like it's like just a perfect sunset yeah. it's, like <laughs> all warm and it's fuzzy, so pretty as you're supposed and to then. <laughs> <laughs> and then my my favorite part of the way it was shot is that throughout we get these really cool motion control sequences so it's where they like use the zooming effects in this like camera that's kind of like hanging on a I forget what it's called like a mm, it's not a dolly it's not a dolly it's like a a rig kind of like a crane sort of a A boom boom. yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. that's the word I'm thinking of um but they are able to do these really cool shots like in one scene by using these like motion control sequences so okay I actually have like the bit written down here so they used a genuflex mk3 by general lift it's a programmable motion control camera that can track seven feet per second and swing pan tilt and roll 360 degrees all while automatically focusing a camera so yeah super intense and that's what allowed them to get yeah really really crazy but you could (laughs) like it was so cool like there's the scene where they're in the movie theater you know like and they're about to jump into the movie and there's like a motion control shot in that scene that I think is really cool. Um, and then probably like the most f- famous one when you watch this movie is the the booby trap scene when they're trying to like trap the killer. <laughs> yeah, they did that like in all one take. I think that's so cool. Yeah, wow. That is cool. It was smart for them to do it turned that. turned out really well too. That's a fun sequence. It's a really, really fun sequence. I watched a YouTube video of like, the behind the scenes of it and just like seeing people like running around and then back in the shot and like <laughs> you <Yep. laughs> can kind of see like behind. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really cool. Yeah, all the chaos. Um, then we've got a bunch of dolly shots throughout the movie and they use this like technique where they would hide zooms in the dolly shots. So like they would mo- do the dolly and then like do the zoom while they were doing like moving through the scene basically. Mm-hmm. But they use like the dolly when they're entering and exiting the, the cabin in the summer camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. 
We've also got black and white scenes used in the film to meet, like be like flashbacks within the movie. That's one of my favorite parts of this yeah, movie lo- is the flashback mm-hmm. sequences. It's so well done. <laughs> I love the transition and how it starts just like creeping in mm-hmm. and then yeah, they do a lot of like that spinning mm-hmm. effect to mm-hmm. kind of transport them to the past in this black and white world. Yes. When- and the the <laughs> other great part is because they're in the movie, all of the on-screen movie elements like text and stuff is physically in the world also with them so they have to like step over the the text that says it yes i love that we got the feel like you were in the movie while in the movie it's kind of like inception yeah Mm -hmm. when the whole like transition Mm -hmm. started happening i was like looking at it and i was like all right are they gonna be like underwater like (laughs) what is about to happen here and like it made sense after the fact but I also thought it was like super smart that they like used all of that when they were trying to kill the slasher. They would be like, mm-hmm. um, like call a whatever scene. And then she'd be like, what do you mean? Like, just do it. <laughs> yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. Force the story yeah. into, a, into a new flashback. I really liked the element that they knew they were within the movie. And so they could like kind of control it or anticipate that things were going to happen or like manipulate the story. Like I thought that was so fun. Got to use it to their advantage, you know? Yeah, yeah, they did use it to their advantage. It was cool. (laughs) And it also like changes, which is interesting because it starts out with knowing how the movie goes and trying to follow Mm -hmm. it. But then, well, it doesn't help that Duncan is the first one I was about to say, they lose their main source of info. (laughs) How does he even have the info? They just, like, decided he had the info. It's a cult classic. Oh, he's 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 the nerd. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He gets her to go to the festival or whatever, double feature. And so they should be following him, but then he dies, which does two things. It makes them lose their, uh, their guide through the movie, but then also you realize that they're not just observing it from within the movie. They can actually interact and die from the killer mm-hmm. if they're not careful, which makes them all freak out and escalates the stakes. <laughs> As, which it is fun. As it should. It is fun. And it yeah. keeps it interesting, I think. Like, allows them yeah. to add, like, all these different elements of the movie within it. So, like, for example, mm-hmm. we get this, like, crazy slow motion sequence towards the end of the film <laughs> which i read that they originally <laughs> i read that they originally like wanted it to be like three minutes long the slow motion <laughs> sequence oh which i already feel like it felt really long <laughs> yeah it is for sure you're like all right i get it we're in slow-mo <laughs> three minutes later still there (laughs) you know what this movie felt like was like you were dreaming and then you started lucid dreaming and so you like realize that you can control (laughs) him and you know like when you start running in a dream and like that's how you run is like in slow motion yeah yeah. (laughs) it's exactly like that that's how it felt watching it you were like go go and like they couldn't not moving (laughs) (laughs) goodness Okay, so anything else about the cinematography or the way it was shot before we move on to the plot and the characters? 
think so. I, think I specifically good. really liked their use of color because it added to like you felt like you were back in time, but then also like the scene when they first like run through the door and they all like wake up and they're like in the movie and mm-hmm. they're like in this field with all these like really bright colored flowers mm-hmm. and i was like this is not real life like you know immediately <laughs> like something's going on <laughs> it's like wizard of Oz, yes. where it's just suddenly technical yeah 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 so i have an in my notes that um the writers had written in that they wanted it to be like a technicolor world. And when they showed up like on location, they were originally horrified because they discovered that the crew like had taken their words like super literally and made like decorated the forest with colorful artificial flowers, which made it into the movie, but like kind of unintentionally. (laughs) It's as written out of the Did what you say. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. Gotta be more specific than that. Yeah. Okay, so at the beginning of the movie, Max Cartwright's mother, Amanda, complains to her that she'll only be known as the Scream Queen from the 1986 slasher Camp Bloodbath. Um, on the way home, they get into a car accident and Amanda is killed. So it kind of sets the stage for like the mother daughter theme that's going to like go throughout the film. Mm-hmm. I've noticed a weird thing. So in that scene where she's just getting back from her interview, her Max, the daughter is looking at her resume mm-hmm. and I noticed the title of one of the movies that she's on is Chopping Mall, <laughs> which is a real movie, which is why I noticed it. And I was like, is is Malin Ackman in that movie? And so I'm like doing all this Googling. But Chopping Mall is like a B movie about these robots that are supposed to protect a mall but end up going crazy and killing all of these kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's not in it, but it's a fun, I guess, little reference. And then I was looking at all the other movies and didn't notice anything like that. So I don't know why that one particularly they used. Probably because it is uh, like a hilarious weird. name. Like, it is I didn't know that was a real movie, so... <laughs> hilarious um yeah. so max is played by tasia farminga who is really known for like this movie um she's also in the nun too she's in both the nun and the yeah. nun too okay and she w- she's been in a, a few things okay so she was in the bling ring which is an emma watson movie which is about like teenagers She's the voice of Raven in the Teen Titans movies. Oh, that's cool as hell. That was my and character. Then she's also I in. I dressed up. <laughs> she's also in a season of American Horror Story. So she's been in some stuff. Okay. Well, she's like the. Uh, I oh, always. I always thought that she was uh, Vera Farmiga from The Conjuring. I always thought she was her daughter, but I found out recently she's just her younger sister, like oh, way younger wow. sister. Oh God, cool. I've been wrong for a long time she looks too. Looks a lot like. Holy her. shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I the thought she was fabulous you know. in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She has great. that like yeah. same like facial expression throughout the movie where she looks like, I don't know how to explain it. Like really she, like shocked and like emotional, she, I guess. Yeah. Emotional and in a constant state of mind of, are you fucking kidding me? Is this really happening? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, this is a joke. <laughs> it's got to be yeah. a joke. Right. 
Imagine how weird it is to see your mother, who's been dead for three years, mm-hmm. like just acting normally, mm-hmm. like nothing ever happened. And like, yeah, oh, the scene. Like, I would have that face. Yeah, too. the scene in the van when you. she wakes up and like she has that realization that she's about to face her mom. That's a great, like, just that close up yeah. of her face and just the the slow mm-hmm. tear and kind of she looks almost afraid realization to yeah. learn, you know, to turn mm-hmm. around and see her mom, yeah. which I I feel. That would probably be legit. I get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think um, Tasia and then Malin Ackerman, who plays her mom, have a really, really good chemistry. And it like mm-hmm. it comes across so well. Like you can really feel the emotion. And I just think mm-hmm. I know we've like harped on it already, but I just feel it's surprising for this type of movie, like how how real the emotion feels in it. Mm-hmm. I think Malin Ackerman does this specific type of character really well. That's kind of what she's typecast as. Like, she kind of messes stuff up and is just this, like, happy-go-lucky whatever, but feels bad about it kind of thing. She does that, like, in almost everything she's in. Yeah, 27 Dresses. Mm-hmm. The Proposal, she's in that one. She's yeah. in Watchmen and The Heartbreak <laughs> Kid also. See, I know her more from Watchmen and from like Rampage. Yeah. I'm like, well. Well, you should watch 27 Dresses. I've seen know. it. I don't remember I'll it put very well. List. I've seen it. I'll say, Dustin, we're going to watch 27 Dresses. Damn it! <laughs> it's so good. I love that one. <laughs> so... Then at the double feature, Max and her friends actually end up in this slasher movie. So her friends are um, really extremely well cast, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So her, yeah. her boyfriend, Chris, is played by Alexander Ludwig, who mm-hmm. is from The Hunger Games, a movie that Liz and I love. And... Yeah, that's As true. You should. It's a I was going to say Vikings, yeah. and yeah. Heels, which is a wrestling show. <laughs> yeah, I think every, every he's, time. of he's course. He's got to bring wrestling every time. <laughs> every time. He has the wrestling shirt on and the, the thing in the background, the belt. Our belt. Yeah. We will you bring wrestling into this recording. He's, he's <laughs> getting a little nervous about that belt, by the way. Yeah. Why? Uh, because... I'm still winning in our draft for this year, which is what that oh, belt yes. represents. I'm the reigning defending champion. <laughs> um, but it's getting tight towards the end of the year. So we'll see. So do y'all like switch off every year? Like who gets it based on who wins the draft? No. Oh, yeah. It's, it's who it's wins. Whoever wins. Whoever wins. Get the belt. Yeah, gets yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dustin has never won. We've done it one year. We say Dustin's never won it as if we've been doing it forever. It's our first time at the prize. As if that's false. It's It's a factual statement. You've never won. Can't wait to suplex you into the mat and take the belt from you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Next, we have Nina Dobrev. uh, Dobrev. 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 I, I pronounce her name like every which way. Um, she plays Vicky. We're here for it. Keep it up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, um, everyone knows her from the Vampire Diaries, I think. And Degrassi. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're, I watch that, but maybe not everybody would get that. <laughs> Dust- Dustin's face is making me laugh because he's like, what? <laughs> you watch Degrassi? Yeah, obviously, Dustin no, I watch didn't. Degrassi, and I, I didn't guess. watch Vampire Diaries either. <laughs> 
Okay, well. Yeah. You can be lumped out of everyone. <laughs> anybody who's anybody knows. Yeah. Jake's over there Next, just we playing have Thomas. It cool, but he didn't know either. No, definitely not. <laughs> Thomas Middleditch, who plays Duncan, who I think is hilarious, and he's from yeah. Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. Also, another you know, show that's great. The scene where they like first get to the theater, and he's like running to go su- do something, and, like trips over the, um, the thing <laughs> that like yeah. that was like him actually like falling and hurting himself. Yes. And they're like, it's too funny. We have to keep it in the movie. <laughs> I think a lot of what he did was ad libbed in the movie. Like I think between yeah. him and Adam Devine, like it was very ad libbed between them two. Yeah, both of um, those guys like, are pretty well known for ad-libbing and going off script and kind of doing mm-hmm. their own thing. His character made me laugh. And just being generally hilarious. <laughs> and and just generally being hilarious. But I had to laugh really hard at his character this time around prepping for this because, as you all know, I love the genre. And you, you've probably had the conversations of, like, with your friends, who would survive the horror movie, who wouldn't? And I've always been known as, like, yeah. you'll survive the whole thing because you know the genre. And you know these movies. Mm-hmm. I had to laugh because mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I would probably die, and it would probably be just like he does in the final girls. I would get cocky. <laughs> I'd be like, it's all good. The killer. Like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. selfie time. <laughs> Machete yeah, to the gut. It makes awesome. You confident for sure. <laughs> that is so funny. I don't know yeah. if I would make it. Liz, what do you think? I definitely wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> unless unless I found a really good hiding spot and I could just like curl up uh, and like not make any But see, any hiding spots don't hide. work in this genre. They don't work at all. No, they don't. You get found out quick. You have to be active. <laughs> yeah. That would be the only thing I could do. Or here's what I do like for haunted houses because my husband loves to do like a haunted house and he can't he can't go if i'm not going right so we go to haunted houses and pretty much what i do is i get behind him and i hold on to his shirt and i just put my head my face in his shirt and i just close my eyes and then wake up at the end wake up that's a good way to not make it if it was a real haunted house (laughs) (laughs) i have gone through a haunted house with liz before and I can confirm that was the experience. <laughs> you were just in front instead. She was I behind definitely you. think I was the other side of the sandwich. Was behind her me. husband and me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, if you let go of me, Courtney, I swear. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm also screaming and terrified. Just like a little right. bit less. <laughs> you can at least look around. <laughs> Yes, Liz has. Liz is blind. I can look. That's my my one skill. It's terrible. Okay, so next of the friends, we have um, Aliyah Shawcott who plays Gertie, and you might know her as Maybe from Arrested Development. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. Lovely character. She did great in this movie. She like did. I thought she was perfectly cast. Yeah. Loved mm-hmm. it. I think all she of plays them that role cast. really, really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally yeah. agree. She's the kind of friend everybody needs. Mm-hmm. Like everybody needs yeah. a friend like that. Everybody needs a Gertie in their lives. Yeah, <laughs> and one also who's like really dry and sarcastic, and like I love that person in my friend group. They make me laugh. Mm-hmm. I try really hard to be that person in my friend group. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, so they've landed in the movie, and the movie starts to loop. The group finds themselves reliving the opening sequence in the film and realize the only way out is to find the final girl and follow her to the end. Every time that I watch this movie, I think of, like, what movie would I want to cut the movie screen open and climb inside Mm -hmm. of? And I don't know if any of you have an answer. The best one I've come up with is a goofy movie <gasps> because that's like the safest the option pizza looks incredible <laughs> the pi- yeah you're not gonna die that's a per- perk for sure but also the pizza looks incredible and i just want to go to a powerline concert yeah. that's a really amazing. that's a good amazing. point powerline would be awesome all live. of my <laughs> all of my favorite movies like i'm thinking of like what movie would i want to be in they're all incredibly dangerous like we've got yeah. Midsommar, Midsommar, Jurassic Park. <laughs> like I can't imagine like being dropped in any of these movies. Pride and Prejudice. All my rights would be stripped away. Can't do that. Um, but you could find your love of your life, Mr. Darcy's. Or you could not. Or you could like no, Jake. That's not how that story works. <laughs> no, you just end up with the cousin. Ew. <laughs> Don't make me. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I can't say. So now we're any of mine would be safe. <laughs> All of mine are. All of mine are very wholesome. <laughs> you would end up in Legally Blonde. Get to be a lawyer. Yeah. Bestie buds with El Woods. <laughs> I'd probably go in Harry Potter. Honestly, that'd be cool. I'd probably end up fighting deadites dangerous. in a cabin in the woods, which you, means I'd be possessed. <laughs> you would literally oh, no. live out this movie basically oh so much worse than yeah. this movie oh, no. so much worse than this but yeah <laughs> it would be rated r <laughs> for, for sure, sure. Um, <laughs> before we move on and keep talking about the movie just for all of those that are listening who maybe aren't familiar with the term final girl because i was not I had no idea going into this movie that that's that that was a thing. I'm not mm-hmm. like attuned with the horror genre or anything like that. So I'm just going to like real quick tell you what that is. So Good. it refers to the last girl standing at the end of the horror movie, like especially a slasher movie. And it's usually the girl who ends up like killing the killer kind of mm-hmm. thing. And interestingly, it was coined by from a book from 1992 and the book is called Men, Women, and Chainsaws, Gender in the Modern Horror Film. So mm. if you're intrigued enough, you can go and read that. <laughs> Basically, and let us know how it is. Every horror film, the most important character is a woman. That's what I've learned. That's fact. Yeah. Here we that go. That is fact. <laughs> She's the hero. The chosen one. The final girl. Right. Sometimes you don't want to yeah, be the chosen one. We just did an episode on our top film, 10 though. final like. girls. <laughs> top Sometimes 10 final girls? Who so was well. the top one? Well, you're oh, gonna okay. have to listen fair to enough, fair enough. Enough. the episode, Courtney. <laughs> Give it away. My, no number one, my number one was Dustin's. <laughs> my number one was Dustin's number ten. It's I true. will say. Oh, um, interesting. But, but as we were preparing for that, I was all focused on the hero, the her- heroine, yeah. uh, who's always the final girl. But there's also always the first girl, which I don't know if that's a phrase. The person but I'm that gonna, dies. Co- I'm gonna coin that term, and yeah, she's always the biggest. <laughs> Harlot the or dumbest whatever one. she dies. <laughs> yeah. 
She she's always one of those as well. In this movie, that person is Chloe Bridges, who is supposed to be the final girl, and she dies quickly. We didn't get enough time with her. I'm yeah, really sad about that. <laughs> one thing that's interesting about her is so in real life, she's actually married to Adam Devine, and really they uh-huh. met on this movie. So oh, that's no. cool. <gasps> wait, okay. All right, time out. I, okay, one of my favorite podcasts is Call Her Daddy. I don't know if Jake, Dustin, if either of you have heard of this. No. no. Okay. Oh, wow. Well, it's it's like a interview style podcast. It's like very raunchy. Anywho, she had Adam Devine on for an episode. It was fabulous. Like, I would highly recommend. I can send you guys a yeah. link to it. Um, but he talks about how he met his wife, and he's like, yeah, we were, like, both cast for this movie, and we, like got on the plane she was sitting right next to me didn't know. she recognized me i had no idea who she was yeah and so she was like chatting me up and i was like this woman needs to stop talking like oh my gosh <laughs> and then he like found out like when the driver like had all their names on the card or whatever he was like oh okay yeah <laughs> yeah so they i'm an asshole <laughs> they met on the plane on the way to the set of the movie and that's crazy i didn't know it was this one yeah cool. yeah and now that's they're awesome. in love and they got married in 2021 Makes that makes so their scene in the car together yeah. even better to me because it's so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to kick off a relationship. <laughs> I can't imagine being married to Adam Devine or Devine. He's like <laughs> such a crazy guy. <laughs> like I guarantee you like because like that's he ad libs all those parts. Like I bet he's like that in real life a little bit or like oh, a lot. Sure. Oh, yeah. Sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we also get introduced to Angela Trimber at this part in the movie. And she plays, um, what's her name? She plays the girl who like needs to take her top off. And so they like basically like duct tape all around her so that she can't. <laughs> She's got the oven like, mitts on the like the wife jacket. chicken pox. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so. She just can't control herself. Can't Her help character's it. name is especially Tina. when she finds Adderall. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, the Adderall. <laughs> yeah. So I think the director, either the director or the writer, like had a time when they were preparing for this movie. It must have been the writer, and he like was all like hyped up on Adderall, and like that's how the Adderall like got put into the movie. <laughs> <laughs> right what you yep. know the best part the best Adderall scene for me was like at the beginning when we first meet um what's the girl the one that's in love with the guy what's she's not really a friend she used to be a friend but she's not a friend anymore Nina Dobrev's character Vicky yeah 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 Vicky uh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah she Vicky. used to be she Max's she like pops on her mouth and then starts chewing it and I was like <laughs> chewing on an Adderall what are you doing <laughs> like what is this I think it just, just goes to show that people recreationally do Adderall it's like they don't know what they're doing right she's there. like borderline and yeah <laughs> borderline an addict she's just dry yeah chewing Adderall like they're Tic Tacs they, li- they literally called them Tic Tacs in the movie <laughs> she was like Tina had too many of my Tic Tacs uh-oh <laughs> uh, but anyway, Chloe Bridges' character dies 
like very early on in the movie and so that's kind of like what we were talking about before mm-hmm. the characters realizing they're in the movie and now they have to change the plot because now a new virgin has to be the final girl mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's like yoda and empire there is another virgin mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's the exact <laughs> line that yoda says so we get to the set of the camp which was an actual Girl Scout camp that they used. Mm-hmm. And we talked about how they made it super like technicolor and bright and all the artificial flowers. Um, they also had to construct the main cabin for the booby trap sequence because the cabin that was like already at the Girl Scout camp wasn't conducive to the like camera that they had. It was too small. They couldn't mm-hmm. get all of their rigging in. But That's also right. due to their budget, they didn't have budget to like tear it down. So they had to make it structurally sound enough to be able to leave it for the camp. <laughs> That's why that is cheaper to build a cabin and leave it than to build it and then tear it down, I mm-hmm. guess. Demo's expensive. Yeah. It is crazy how expensive demolition is. Like for it's no weird. reason. Like it, literally I could run in there and like start throwing stuff at it. Like yeah, demolition is the funnest part. I, bucks, I feel like they would have had a <laughs> yeah. good excuse of like, we're gonna set it on fire. It's gonna blow up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> so the the rest of the story centers around um, Billy, who is the the scary killer. And he's played by Daniel Norris. Um, And he, like, is hunting down the counselors and killing them off or attempting to kill them off one by one. Um, And along the way, we get this, like, beautiful mother-daughter arc that happens. I gotta say, Billy's backstory, like, that's kind of a brutal way to get kind of injured having a bunch of M80s tossed at you inside a shitty outhouse. Get traumatized. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was kind of crazy. Like, that was the one scene where I was like, oh my god. Like, I can imagine that happening to me in real life. Yeah. Kind of made me sad. Yeah, it's understandable why he is the way he is. Yeah. <laughs> right, just straight up like, yeah. relatable. you know what, instead of going to the to the other adults to be like, hey, they tossed tiny explosives at me. He's like, you know what? Let's go cut some throats. Just kill Let's just, we're just going to kill them all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to whittle a mask <laughs> right? and like, grow hate in my heart for them. <laughs> Does anybody have like a favorite moment with Billy Murphy? Like when he comes up and who he attacks? Uh, I've got, I think I have a couple from him. I really like his first interaction, the the selfie time scene, because I just like Billy trying to figure out like what his role or like what just happened here. But the slow mo him jumping out of the window on fire and like chasing him, that scene is fantastic (laughs) to me. It's so good. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it's it's a classic, very picturesque, like that flame moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would have to say the finale just with the purple sky and everything and the everything leading up to it it just it feels so 
fulfilling yeah. to watch mm-hmm. and, and he's a big part of that yeah. and then max does the special move she has to do to kill him hey man that yeah. duncan told her about yeah and she's like once I'm jumping to the end and spoiling it, but once her mom dies, she be like gets imbued with the well, you're right. force. <laughs> I am the survivor. Is able this. to overcome. <laughs> yeah, which is cool. Yeah, so I definitely want to talk about the final scene. But before we get to that, let's talk like in more detail about the booby trap scene because I feel mm-hmm. like that's like one of like the really big like anticipated scenes where everybody kind of like gets together. Mm-hmm. And we talked about how it was shot with the really cool like motion control style where it's like all in one scene um but or on one take but basically like in that scene everybody tries to booby trap billy murphy and he comes in and it kind of like doesn't go exactly to plan (laughs) yeah Yeah. as it should i mean that's like (laughs) typical horror like it has to fail you make this plan of course it's gonna get foiled yeah yeah Yeah. they had to know (laughs) and you never walk up to the killer's body just sitting still you're gonna die no you gotta hit it it 10 times before you like if you think it's (laughs) dead keep going it's (laughs) not dead it's It's called a double tap guys come on one thing It is cool. Like it always takes more than one. How it's like small comedic moments like that, but they integrated so many different elements of a bunch of different slasher movies where like there's these Mm -hmm. rules of slasher movies and they're not following them. And then that's why they end up like getting in these, they get getting killed or their plans not working, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. They do pick up on the music though. Cause every villain has their own like, soundtrack or like call-up song i guess yeah yeah. well and it's a total like do pick up on that (laughs) billy is such a obvious like reference to jason and especially with the music Mm -hmm. and the machete so as a fan of that like Mm -hmm. first time i watched final girls and they did their version for billy it was an instant like yes yes (laughs) yeah i (laughs) love that that. walk-up music it was good (laughs) it was good it was fun and it would get you every time. Like, you would know. Like, it would click in your brain by the end of the movie. Like, oh, shit. Like, Billy's gone. Well, I like that in the final girls, <laughs> yeah. they associate it not just with Billy arriving, but they're automatically like, crap, someone's taking their shirt off. So they got to go and run and be like, no, yeah. no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's getting close to sex. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> oh my gosh tina like i i thought it was so funny how they like had mittens on her and like duct taped her hands and she kept trying to like get out like trying to figure out how to like (laughs) how can i wiggle out of this you brought up the booby trap scene that all starts off with her and it's released the beast and then they play cherry pie by warrant which is such a ridiculous freaking song it was like just when you thought the movie couldn't go more 80s cherry pie comes on you're like well there it is there it is (laughs) it was perfect and it's impossible for her to not start how can you not dance to that i love to like they just kept telling her like not yet not yet we'll tell you (laughs) when and like she kept trying and then it actually did come like they were like now and like like, she's like yes my time has come (laughs) so then i love like the call out like in the final scene of the movie so we've got um, Max ending up becoming the final girl. 
when she's able to defeat Billy, the bad guy. Um, but her her mother's character sa- ends up sacrificing herself, and she also has to like like do the open shirt. Like she takes off her top, mm-hmm. and that's how she basically like calls Billy to the scene. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's like so emotional like weirdly yeah. emotional. it is that she's well she like, doesn't do like she's uh, playing the song the betty davis yeah eyes. she doesn't do a real like strip tease i mean the the worst she does is she unbuttons the shirt yeah facing the woods at first and then she just maintains eye contact doing like mm-hmm. middle school silly. style dancing like, i guess you could yeah. say versus yeah. Yeah. maybe it's pg-13 it can't be a real strip right tease. right <laughs> but they're they're seen together it's, it's wholesome in the sense that it's I, I'm I'm sacrificing myself yeah. for yeah, you, my yeah. daughter, so you can live through this. I, I love that scene. I think for a movie that is so invested in being silly and kind of poking fun and being tongue in cheek with mm-hmm. the genre, mm-hmm. uh, to have that scene in the in the like the chapel be so emotional between mom and daughter or character and daughter. Uh, yeah, I love that scene. I think it balanced the movie out really, really well. Uh, yeah, shockingly, you're like, this got emotional. What the heck? Luckily, the yeah. final fight is so I ridiculous know. that you're like, yes. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> yeah. yeah, they were quick yeah. to move wipe, on wipe from that. Right, you're like, tears. damn it, Thank damn it. <laughs> One, I want to see this. <laughs> One thing that I thought was interesting, too, was that Max's mom, like, had a realization of who she actually was which mm-hmm. I thought was kind of interesting because she's like this younger version of her who is Max's mom, but then she becomes the herself from the beginning of the movie. And like, they don't really explain that how that happens, but I do think that's really cool to like get that moment. Yeah. I mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's a really quick like nod to that could be a possibility when they first interact and she stops her from having sex and saves her life at the mm, beginning. Yeah. Um, because she's she basically says the same line that she said in the car that you must think I'm a total uh, zero or whatever yeah. she says, and it's a their conversation. She it kind of takes Max off guard. She's like, "Do you do you know who know I am?" <laughs> right. yeah. Or, yeah. I think it goes to show that this movie is like actually like very well written because I yeah. think it's really easy to like look at this movie at the surface value and be like or surface face value and like be like oh like it's just like a silly like slasher comedy movie like it's probably not that good and then you watch it and you're like okay wait like this movie is actually so well written it has depth to it has the comedy and the emotion and like there's so many little bits like that where you're like that's actually like good writing like not just Mm -hmm. mediocre writing to get little nods yeah yeah i agree 100 percent 100 percent so then Max saves the day and becomes the final girl. By like sliding on her knees underneath the knife going past her face. It's so cool. <laughs> I loved it. You fucked with the it wrong virgin. Little... Yeah. <laughs> favorite quote of the movie, honestly. <laughs> Actually, I think my favorite quote of the movie is um, a line between um, Adam Devine and Al- what's his name alexander ludwig yeah, yeah. um and kurt who's adam <laughs> are you talking about says, what are you my a, dad's are gay. what are you a fag and he says my dads are gay so shut the hell up <laughs> yeah he says, yeah right gay gay guys can't have kids they're too busy going to the discos and having sex with each other 
it's actually a pretty cool lifestyle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, he does a great job of balancing, like, I'm the super misogynistic character (laughs) that just wants to have sex with all these girls. But also, kind of get I'm it. Pretty cool. Yeah, I'm also pretty cool and fun, and, uh, and he balances. You know it what so else well. I thought was good about that is like they're trying to nod to the '80s, right? Which was like a totally mm-hmm. different yeah. time. And this movie came out in 2015, so like it's hard to make that like jokes about like things like like gay comedy, like mm-hmm. PC, basically. But I think doing it that yeah, way—it's hard to put the word "fag" in your movie. And make it yeah, <laughs> I'm nervous about releasing that on YouTube. <laughs> but to be perfectly honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then, at the end of the movie, we get the bit where we find out that they're actually all the friends are actually entering the sequel to Mm -hmm. the bloodbath movie Mm -hmm. (laughs) camp bloodbath 2 what is it called Uh, it's literally called camp bloodbath Bloodbath 2 yeah Yeah. and then duncan's line is oh the sequel it's so much cooler than the first one And he's still just like fangirling. Oh, a hundred percent. Yes, I am We're totally like that on guy. On the sidelines for this entire first one, and now you're now you think it's cool? Okay, okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's probably happy to be back. He's happy like, to be I'm back. Back for the <laughs> just to be able to watch it all unfold again. It's so good. Literally, don't know how he lived through that. <laughs> yeah, you're not supposed to no. know. <laughs> okay. So before we wrap up, do y'all have anything else you want to talk about? Any favorite quotes? Anything from the movie we didn't get to? I I think uh, you kind of you definitely said one of mine, which is the interaction about like my dads are gay. And he's like, gay guys can't have kids. (laughs) That scene makes me laugh every time. Uh, so ridiculous. And then Jake had the line of the movie of "You just fucked with the wrong virgin." That could almost be the title mm-hmm. of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yes. Yeah. I like that one. There were two others that made me laugh out loud. Um, one of them is during when they first get into the flashback scene for the first time. And Gertie says, why am I colorblind? Am I having a stroke? <laughs> Which I just thought was like, yeah, that hysterical. was funny. Her character yeah. is so and funny throughout the movie. <laughs> and then at the very beginning, when they first get into the movie and they have no idea where they are, they've all just woken up. And Gertie says, maybe we're dead and this is heaven. And Vicky goes, this can't be heaven. Max is here and she's Jewish. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And I was just yeah, like, oh those, like, my God. Quick little lines that reward if you missed it the first <laughs> yes. time. Yeah. Yes, that's so funny. Videos. That's one that I definitely did not appreciate upon my watch of the movie. <laughs> so that's hilarious. Amazing. Okay. Well, I think that wraps up the discussion about the movie. So. so I think it's time to go into our ratings. And as a reminder, we rate all of our movies through Letterboxd, which uses a zero to five star rating system with half star increments. And Jake and Dustin will let the movie boners, well, each of you individually rate the movie <laughs> first. I I really like it. I think I would put it around four stars mm-hmm. uh, just because it's 
it's so fun and so enjoyable, but also has that depth and heart. Uh, it, it's up there for me for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm with Jake. It's it's a four, uh, maybe even for me, almost a four point five. It's right up there. I enjoy this movie more every time I watch it. And as a fan of all of that, <laughs> to me, it's like Cabin in the Woods, but I kind of appreciate this one more than Cabin in the Woods because it's just it has more fun. I think like genuine fun and it's mm-hmm. unique. Um, and yeah, that mother daughter storyline is just, it's so well written. <laughs> I think the movie is underappreciated. So I feel like yeah. I have to give it a boost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I encourage people yes. to see it for sure. I agree. I definitely think this movie is underappreciated. Like nobody really knows about this movie and mm-hmm. it's, it's so good. So well written. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Liz, what about you? What did you rate this movie? So, I also gave this four stars. Wow. I had like a blast watching this movie. I'm so glad, Jake and Dustin, that y'all recommended this for an episode for us to do this together because I don't think I would have watched it otherwise. It was not on my yeah, radar. Um, but I think the comedy horror genre like might be one of my favorites now for Halloween, which is super cool. Mm-hmm. So, like, Uh-oh. thank y'all for introducing oh, really? me to that. <laughs> oh. Dustin's gonna send you a list of things, <laughs> and you're probably that gonna you to do now. text me back and be like, "No, no, no, this was not funny." <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, uh, we should maybe vet them because yeah. the things Dustin finds funny, we've established, might go a little further. Well, I have a recommendation for y'all too. It's a comedy horror that just came out. Um, I saw it like a few days ago, and. We already talked about it before we started recording, but it's called Totally Killer. It's got the same vibes. It also brings in the 80s slasher movies. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. To Anyone else listening, before. if you like this type of movie, like that one's a good one. And it's free on Amazon Prime. So oh, cool. cool. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Y'all are going to hate me because I'm going to break the four star streak. Oh, no. I, <laughs> I know. <laughs> because it's five no, stars. It's, I rated it. I rated oh. it three and a half stars. That's so sad. I, yeah. That's close. I really, I know. I kind of like, I almost wanted to like pretend I rated it four stars for a second just to like make it fun. Just for the continuity. Yeah, I can't lie. So that's no fun. I appreciate um, the honesty. But I, I mean, I love this movie. I echo like a lot of the things that y'all said. I think I could have handled like a little bit more slasher and a little bit more like nudity or like truly, truly like out there jokes. And so mm-hmm. I think that mm-hmm. would have like elevated it to that like four, four and a half star okay. realm for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. fair. But overall, I would highly recommend to watch. All right, so now it's time for a few write-ins. And like we've already said, most people haven't seen this. So most of the write-ins I got were like, haven't seen this one. Should I watch it? It's like, okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, yes. But anyway, we did yes. get two. The answer is yes. <laughs> we got two write-ins. Um, and one is from my husband, Hayden, who watched the movie with me. But he <laughs> said, can't believe they did my man, Adam Devine, like that. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> and then the second one is from an account called Dan Loves Film and he said decent good bit of fun for a horror film mm-hmm. decent yeah. decent huh? well <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding Dan we like you hello um, <laughs> okay so what does the world think of the movie the yeah okay so 
the the scores when i was putting this all together they're all over the place and courtney i know you're gonna tell us but i was like i was shocked like when i was putting this all together i was like oh, how dare you <laughs> <laughs> So the letterbox <laughs> average is 3.2 out of 5, which mm-hmm. is like kind of average for letterbox. It's so much lower than I thought it was going to be for like yeah. a comedy. And then tomato meter was 74%, which mm-hmm. I think is a pretty respectable tomato meter score. They could have easily yeah. rated it like like this genre. I feel like could easily be like a super ridiculously low score, but it got a like it respectful is, score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it typically um, is. Like it could have been like a sixteen percent movie, and it was a seventy-four percent movie. So I think we're successful yeah, here. We yeah. have like already established that we think the Tomato Meter critics are like not real. Oh, like, Jake and I have a whole episode of about just them. ripping into Rotten Tomatoes. Like. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, the problem is most people misuse or misunderstand what the rating even means uh-huh. and think it's like a rating of quality. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I also agree that the ratings for the critics, especially mm-hmm. at Rotten Tomatoes, are either not real or... I don't or know. Being they need paid to be off. infiltrated Ooh. by more B critics, I think. Yeah. In, oh, they definitely yeah, are. I mean, yeah, that yeah, came out this that, year. Yeah, that just uh, came out. Yeah. Um, really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that co- that like outside marketing companies have been paying critics to write reviews yeah. on I mean, that sketch. doesn't surprise me like at all, to be honest, because it's like the same as like getting an Instagram influencer to like promote your product, right? Like, right. But. Yeah. That's uh, it's not the same though. Like this is it's like not. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, the audience I I just think if you're going to be a critic, okay? Like a real critic. Like we are not real critics, mm-hmm. but if they're if you're going to be a real critic, like your opinion should not matter. Like it should be completely based on like quality of the movie and they start getting into like, "Ooh, I didn't enjoy it." It's like, "All right, well, no one cares if you enjoyed it or not." Right. <laughs> It's like totally subjective, yeah. your personal but opinion. Every of, movie is completely subjective. It's yeah, hundred percent. Like, anyways, off the tomato meter. I thing. think me and Liz have learned <laughs> through doing this podcast that like a movie that one person like loves five stars could be a movie that another person hates zero stars. Oh, oh. so like it just really <laughs> is so very dependent on who watches it, how you watch it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We talk about that a lot, that some of our most loved movies, people shit on constantly. <laughs> well, me and Liz encounter where, like, the two of us have opposite opinions of a movie. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's so interesting how that can happen because, like, we're really similar in a lot of ways. And then mm-hmm. we've discovered that, like, with the movies, like, sometimes we're very different. Yeah, that is, I think, very interesting. That's one yeah. of the things. I think one of your first movies that I saw your reviews and it was Jurassic Park and it was like drastically different. I was like, who are these girls? <laughs> right. I, was, are I did Jurassic Park dirty. I'm not going to lie. Like when I saw that, I was like, Jake, I don't know. I don't know about these guys. <laughs> yeah. Should we send their email to uh, Spain? I don't know. Because of the low Jurassic Park rating? Yeah, I'm yeah. Okay it's very we much need to like... shun Liz into oblivion for that one. So I, I told my daughter about that rating and Jurassic Park is her like all-time favorite she adores that film it's we have Jurassic Park shit everywhere I told her that and she even looked at me and she was like 
she's crazy dad <laughs> i was like <laughs> <laughs> i am a little bit i will take that yeah <laughs> amazing it's getting what you deserve Liz. I'm <laughs> okay um audience score 71 percent imdb 6.5 out of 10 and then 77 percent of google users liked this movie yeah i think so, that 6.5 in general well liked yeah i think the 6.5 especially for this genre is actually doing pretty well considering a lot of the times they're like fours to 5.6 or whatever so 6.5 for this unknown film i think it's a success uh at least enjoyment yeah wise because it wasn't box office wise at all yeah i think if more people saw it it would likely go up yes i agree i've been telling everyone i know like i'm like oh my gosh you need to go watch this movie and they're like okay like whatever (laughs) but yeah i'm spreading the word okay as you should we're gonna get these scores up yeah yeah Yeah. well that wraps up our ratings so jake dustin y'all should plug your stuff and tell the people where to find the movie boners uh, we're at Movie Boners with a Z on pretty much everything. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. We're never on Twitter. <laughs> we're never on, we're never on threads either, but we have all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly on YouTube, everywhere you can find a podcast. And uh, you can see all of the podcast platforms and also episodes at MovieBoners.com. If you accidentally go to Movie Boners with an S, don't worry. You won't find anything weird. We own that as well. You go to the same place. We got it so covered. Movie Boners. Keep it in mind. Love that so That's much. That's my favorite part of your tagline. <laughs> yes. That is literally my fave. I was waiting it for it. It was a very specific uh, decision early on. It's like, we need to protect yeah. it. Yes. <laughs> if we're yeah. choosing this I usually name, get, like, when I go and buy the beer it. for the episodes, I'll get asked, like, oh, you need help finding anything? So I always have to explain the, the podcast. And every mm-hmm. time I tell them, because they'll get their for. phones out to look it up, and I'm like, well, it's movie boners. And they'll stop at the B-O-N. And they'll look at me. I'm like, it's a Z. You're safe. I promise. Yep. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Thank y'all so much for coming on. This was like a blast. Y'all mm-hmm. are hilarious. We love the takes. And thank you so much for the recommendation to watch The Final Girls. It was yeah. such Probably a fun yeah, movie. Very happy you guys enjoyed it. And mm-hmm. we appreciate oh. you guys. Thank you for having us. Lots of fun. Yeah, of course. So much fun. All right, well, we're going to say goodbye to y'all. So, bye. 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 (laughs) And bye, Bee Critics fam. Thanks for tuning in to our Final Girls episode. Leave us a rating, a review, drop a comment on our YouTube, and leave us an answer to our poll and Q&A section on Spotify. Also, don't forget to share the podcast with a friend because that's the best way to help us grow our community. Totally agree. Share with a friend. And you can find more information about the podcast and our whole podography on our website, bcritics.com, or you can find links to all the things on our link tree in the episode show notes. Next week, we are closing out our spooky season and we're doing Halloween, the 2018 version with Film vs. Film podcast. And it's going to come out the day before Halloween. So I hope you're all ready for that like Halloween, Halloween, Halloween timeline. (laughs) I'm so ready I've been loving the spooky season of movies. And everybody be sure to subscribe and follow so you don't miss anything. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. All right. I think that's it. We'll see you all in the next one. Bye, guys.